Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a fan of making lemonade? Qui-Gon's happy hour? Or just my work in general? Well, due to the current world crisis, health crisis we are at, we here at the Lemonade Podcast Network have hit a wall as far as our sponsors and regular revenue streams go. And we thought it's time to push our Patreon. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the lemonade network and become a patron you will get access to not only a patron exclusive podcast feed with all our star wars after shows movie commentaries and the whole first season of my podcast baking oranges where i talk with my friend and yours steve about pop culture and the world around us but you will also get 15 percent off all products in my online store Um, year-round and access to a patron-only Discord community where you can talk about the latest episodes, pop culture, and much more with our Lemonade Network community. Now, for those of you out there who are also in financial hardship right now, this is not for you. I want you all to know that we we will still have free podcasting content year-round. Every single week, we're going to have new episodes of Making Lemonade and Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every other week as well, so don't fret. However, if you are not in financial hardship and you could spare some <laughs> some cash um, and would like to help out and are, are a fan of everything we do here at the Lemonade Network, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a Patreon a patron today. Stay weird. Put your speeders in park, pour yourself a blue mojito, kick your feet up because it's time for Qui-Gon's happy hour. Yes, that's right. It is Mando Mondays, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know technically at the date of recording, it's not Monday, but I don't mind. I was on holidays this weekend, so I didn't watch it until Monday. So technically, I watched Mando on Monday, so I had my own respective... Mando Monday, but yeah, things are things are looking good for the aren't looking good for the Mandalorian. So let's get straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. So we begin the episode back on Tatooine, um, and Mando is. I thought we would saw see more of Boba Fett in this episode, but we didn't, which is okay with me. We got plenty of Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, some galaxy far, far away. There's a lot going on. And Mando um, is on the bike, and he gets tripped up by um, by some bounty hunters. So this is really significant here. Although it doesn't seem significant, it is quite significant in that um, we're showing, basically, that Mando is still being hunted. That the child is still being hunted by the bounty hunters guild. And that um, Moff Gideon is still after him. So, we are... Um, he gets tripped up. He uh, kills these guys. He um, 
or rather knocks them out. Um, I'm sure he probably kills some of them. Um, and then there's that little dude who has has the child. And this is the first representation. This is the first time that anyone in the Mando has called him the child. I believe. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I believe this is the first time that anyone has called him the child. Um, one of the uh, one of the bounty hunters calls him the child. And then we have this little dude. He looks like one of the characters from Force Awakens, which is cool because we're getting some sequel characters in there. Um, in the Mandalorian, not just uh, prequel and original trilogy characters or species. And then he, he gives him the jetpack and he shoots him off and the jetpack kind of comes back as a drone. And uh, we move on and, and Mando's walking over to uh, Mos Eisley. He makes it to Mos Eisley. He sees uh, Amy Sedaris's character. She makes him pay. We have Dr. Mandible, a giant ant. Now, I believe Dr. Mandible was, in fact, in... Um, a new hope, but I didn't do any research on him. I didn't do much research on him beyond his name and a quick Google. She's playing, uh, what's the card game called? Um, Barack. <laughs> I can't remember what the card game's called, but she's playing um, the card game, the Galaxy Far, Far Away card game. Mando pays credits. He tells, Dr. Mandible tells him that um, there is, in fact, Mandalorians on planet something or other. Um, I can't remember what the planet was. He has some info on the on the Mandalorians and that they are there. <clears throat> then we get um, a frog lady coming up and Mando is giving passage to a frog lady. And we have that whole back and forth between Amy Sedaris and um, Pedro or the Mando about um, how she she vouches for. I'm really loving Amy Sedaris's character. She's just bringing that extra bit of humor. Um, and she says to him, you know, I hope you brought some of that crate dragon back. And they're, they're cooking the crate dragon on the uh, jet propeller. So that was fun. It's just some fun little, fun little things that don't need to be in there, but they're just fun. It's just sense of humor. Um, everyone says that The Last Jedi has set too much sense of humor, but we're okay with the Mando. It's kind of funny to me, the uh, inconsistency in the fandom. But... Um, Mando's had a lot of, has much more of a sense of humor than any of the sequels movies has, in my opinion, at least. Um, and so then we get, uh, Mando, they're, they're cooking the thing and she's eating some meat. The droids are, the, the, um, the, uh, pod racer droids or whatever they're called are, um, are cooking the meat. Uh, little baby Yoda's eating the meat. And then we get this frog lady who comes along and, um, she speaks some sort of frog language. And Mando has to give her passage to her her planet where her eggs need to be seeded um, and inseminated by her husband who has made it, or who we find out later, um, has been through hell. And if, if she doesn't, it's her final life cycle. Um, her her generation, her 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 family essentially will will die off. It's the last chance for them to see their their family and and then keep it going uh to reproduce so she's got a little she's got a little backpack full of warm water and some giant fish eggs about the size of a uh tennis ball baseball um and we we bando says you know i'm not a taxi service but she says no i know you're not but um she's actually she's actually from she knows that there she's Got some info that there's some Mandalorians on um, on her planet, 
or the planet that her husband is. So we uh, we set off to her planet. Now, keep in mind that it seems like Mando's mission this entire time is to find where the Mandalorians ended up. Or at least where some Mandalorians were because <clears throat> last mission was to retrieve a Mandalorian and instead he found a man, a Tatooinean man in a um, Tatooinean chef, sheriff, sorry, in uh, Boba Fett's armor. So Mando obviously doesn't know. He might know what Boba Fett's armor is, but maybe someone will tell him one day who Boba Fett actually is. Perhaps he'll come across Boba Fett because Boba Fett's still on Tatooine. We don't know. Um, but we've yet to see any of the Rebels characters. Um, we've yet to see really mu- much of Boba Fett. We've yet to see Ahsoka, uh, Sabine Wren, so on. Even uh, Bo-Katan, who we're supposed to see. So perhaps Bo-Katan is the Mandalorian. Perhaps he'll find the Death Watch. I don't know. And I th- I suspect wherever we find Bo-Katan, we find Sabine Wren. As they are, in fact, related. Um no, they're not. They're not related. Uh, but I suspect that might be the case. Wherever the Mandalorians have decided to uh, recreate and rebuild their species, um, especially Bo- someone like Bo-Katan, who is the former duchesses or, you know, technically a princess or, or a leader of, of the Mandalorians and Mandalore. Um, then we get to... I'm going to need to take a drink. <clears throat> Give me a second. Um, we're, we're on our way to this particular planet, the frog lady's planet. I'm not actually sure exactly what her planet is, to be honest with you. I was watching this with a newborn baby, so at times he, he got cranky and made noise and I missed some details. I've only watched it the once, but I will be watching it again, hopefully tonight at some point. Um, if not tomorrow. Um, we get... We, we're headed to the frog planet and we get some X-Wings. Someone pulls over the Razor Crest. Uh, Mando goes to sleep and we find out that Mando actually sleeps in that pod in that uh, with the door on it where we found Baby Yoda in the last season. Where we found the child. The child has a hammock and Mando sleeps underneath him. That is, in fact, his bed in the Razor Crest. Um, so, you know, then, then beep, 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 he gets woken up, he runs out and there's two X-Wings following them. Uh, they proceed to have a conversation, which seems boring, but is actually quite important, and is a connection to the heist episode, uh, episode six in the previous season. If you'd like to go back and listen to any of our commentary, it's there. But um, Mando speaks about, uh, they speak about, um, you know, him not having a beacon, and the fact that he didn't need a beacon because he's pre-imperial. Um, his ship is pre-imperial, and that was the Lord you're under the Empire. But now the new, the new leadership, uh, the new lawmakers are the Republic. So the Republic have, the new Republic have um, new laws and and new reasons why you must have a beacon. Um, he goes on, and if you listen, the X-wing fighters uh, end up saying, uh, "Can you go to Channel Two?" And they must. Switch over to Channel 2 to have a discussion between themselves. Um, And one of them says, were you at the um, Republic base such and such, whatever the number is. Um, I don't really pick up on, though. I don't really memorize those details, but uh, base such and such, whatever it may have been. Um, And Mando stops for a second and then shoots off into the distance. 
that rebel base being the base, sorry, that um, Republic base, New Republic base, being the base that they um, got Quinn out of in the previous season during the heist episode, during episode six. The same base he left um, the others, the other um, thieves, so to speak, um, the other bounty hunters or whatever you may want to call them, the other criminals, uh, Bill Burr and, and such on on the same ship he left them on and the same ship in which uh, Commander Davin uh, died on and that becomes important later in the episode. But Mando, obviously, he because he's a Razor Crest, they must have run him through the security and realized that there was a Razor Crest that um, bounced away in that thing. Then what we find out is we get a close-up on both of the X-Wing pilots and one of them is, in fact, Dave Filoni. And so um, Dave Filoni's character must have noticed uh, that there was a Razor Crest as he was there. And they're now running the, um, they're running the check. And that's why their question was asked. The cool thing is the other guy who is in, um, in this episode, he is from Kim's Convenience. He is Upper, M- Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience. Um, and his name is... Uh, with a quick Google, his name is uh, Paul Son Hyung Lee. Oh, perhaps it wasn't him. Uh, let's have a look. The Mandalorian uh, chapter 10. Oops, that wasn't a very good Google at all. Uh, chapter 10. Let's go IMDB. Because I want to see. Because it looked like and sounded like Upper from... Um, from Kim's Convenience. If you haven't watched that, watch that on Netflix. It's it's a it's a riot. It's a great sitcom. Um, let's have a look. Where's the episode? Here we've got the episode full series cast. Um, I wonder why I can't get episodes. Um, let's go ep ten. Let's try that. Ep ten IMDb. Uh, here we go. Chapter ten. The passenger. That's right. And uh, the man, in fact, is Paul Son. Yeah, it was him. Um, so I thought so. See, I questioned myself, and I should have. Shouldn't have. Um, apparently, D. Bradley Baker was in it. Ah, D. Bradley Baker made the sounds for the Frog Lady. There you go. That's cool. D. Bradley Baker, ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of the clones and other characters. In, um, but most notably, the clones and Captain Rex, Commander Cody, and so on. Uh, Wolf. In um, the Clone Wars, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So, yes, we shoot off and we get this beautiful, gorgeous shot of um, the Mando doing a, a chase through the atmosphere of the close planet that they're on um, in the clouds. And he, he does a quick drop. Uh, very, very, he's a very uh, proficient flyer. Um, he was able to outrun the X-Wings um, in, uh, in a, essentially an old Volkswagen van. <laughs> uh, that's what they keep calling the Razor Crest an antique, but it's got speed. It's just, um, yeah, it's it's not a great ship. Let's be honest. It's it's cool looking ship, but not a great ship. Um, he outruns them and then uh, stops in a cavern, in a cave. It's a snow planet. We have another snow planet. Again, what I'm really loving about the Mando is that they don't feel like they have to like put on the screen like they did on Rogue One, <clears throat> all the different planets, and they really don't explain. Um, normally in Star Wars, regularly in Star Wars, they would communicate, well, which planet was what, which. So if you were headed to Coruscant, they would say, 
we're headed to Coruscant. And then the next scene, you would turn up at Coruscant instead of putting it on the bottom of the screen, um, kind of like Star Trek, like they did in Rogue One. Um, so, But even in the Mando, they don't communicate that. We just go to a planet we've never heard of. And it's great. And it, it leaves a lot to speculation, but it, it really doesn't matter. Um, in the last season, we, we suspected he may have been on Tatooine and he was, in fact, on Navarro. And that was it. We found out Navarro was the place to go at the end of the season. And that's where they were. It was Navarro. So, <clears throat> and we now know that if we go back to Navarro, we're going to see Cara Dune and we're going to see um, Grief Karga. So, he stops in the cavern. He falls through the hole. Um, obviously, I'm assuming you've all watched this. Um, and if you haven't, please go and watch it before you listen to this because I will ruin this for you. Um, this is a spoiler-filled episode. Uh, we stop in the cavern. They fall through. At first, I thought it might have been a creature's mouth um, because this is Star Wars. But we then... Um, I also want to preface... I haven't read any um, reviews, any criticism that anyone's had on this. Um, I've actually... I'm taking a bit of a hiatus from social media. So I'm taking this all in um, on my own volition, uh, my own opinion. Uh, falls into the cavern um, and then it, you know they're crushed quite a little bit. There's quite a bit of damage done to the... Because they fall... Probably um, easily the, the length of a football field, if not more um, deep and crash and the hull's broken and it's cracked and <clears throat> they're pretty buggered. So, um, and in this process, we see while we're in space, right before the X-Wings, I forgot to say, um, it's a little, it's cute and it's funny, um, is that Baby Yoda uh, discovers the eggs the little child discovers the eggs and he begins to eat the poor frog lady's eggs. Um, and he finds them delicious and he continues throughout the show to eat them. Um, we then find ourselves... Um, we find ourselves stuck in this cavern. Uh, Mando can't really do much about it. He just says, look, uh, it's going to get colder um, overnight. I suggest you get some rest and we will deal with this when we get... And we get, um, when we wake up later this evening, we'll have a better understanding. So let's get some rest. He falls asleep and we see the frog lady look over at zero. And now you've got to remember that in the previously, at the start of the episode, we did a thing where we went previously on the Mando and they showed kind of like they do on the Flash or Arrow or any of those old 80s TV shows or anything like that. Um, they did it. I used to do it on Buffy and Angel and stuff like that. Um, they show Zero and Zero being shot by the Mando. What we didn't realize was Zero was actually being kept on the Razor Crest, just in pieces. So she looks up at Zero and the music goes, dum, 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 dum. And then we cut and we cut back to, hey, Mando. And it's um, Richard, uh, I don't want to butcher his last name. Uh, Richard, Richard Ayawada. Ayawade? Ayawade, I think it is. Richard Ayawade. He's the guy from the um, the IT. Uh, what's that TV show? The IT crew or the IT department or something like that. Um, he is the voice of Zero. And he's talking. And then we, f we discover that the frog lady is actually using uh, Zero's communicator, so to speak. His translator to uh, communicate to the Mando that he, uh, what she's trying to say, which is, which is pretty cool. 
if you ask me, um, that was a cool little element and she was able to communicate and what she says to the Mando is, I thought you were a... <clears throat> um, I thought the Mandalorians were a creed and a, a, a community, a, um, a people of honor. I thought you lived up to your... She said that the... He said um, previously before he slept that the deal is off. Um, you know, Mando understandably points his blaster at her and um, he decides and, and she says, you know, I thought you were uh, a people of honor and a people of your word. Now get out there and, and fix this hole. And she tells the story. She briefly tells us a story of how how much her husband and her have been through to um, get to a safe planet. Um, to and we don't get too much detail, but we get get enough detail to empathise with her and understand that how important this is to her. Um, to and she needs to meet her husband to get to where she is. Um, to allow their children to be born, essentially. So he gets out and he starts fixing cracks and he fixes bits and pieces. He's fixing landing gear and he's fixing holes and. Um, mechanical kind of adjustments. He obviously knows his ship back and forth, which is which is good stuff. It's like we should all kind of know how to fix our cars if um, this and the specific car, at least the specific car we drive um, in case of emergency, especially when you're traveling across the galaxy. So that's kind of what he is. He knows exactly how to fix it and he fixes it. But I suppose um, that's there seems to be like a lot of Star Wars characters seem to know how to do that but i could assume that there's just ship mechanics everywhere anyway so everyone's just dropping into ports and leaving it with people um in better hands and paying them <clears throat> but anyway he um proceeds to he proceeds to um fix the ship and then the child comes along and he goes hey what was what are you doing and he had another egg <laughs> i believe he has another egg in his mouth he says i told you not to eat those um, and somewhere he's hiding him. I'm going to say he's probably hiding him inside his cape or in his sleeve or something. Um, and he goes, hey, kid, and the kid's cut, and the child's actually making a new sound. Kind of noise. Um, and he's pointing in the direction. The Mando follows him, and, and he realizes that there's footsteps that are headed across the, um, across the snow. So the Mando, um, Starts to follow them and he puts on his uh, heat-seeking, kind of uh, like the Predator. His heat-seeking mode on his helmet. <laughs> and we uh, start to see the Mando uh, following the heat-seeking um, thing. We find out that the Frog Lady is actually inside a warm spring. Um, so... Uh, this is when it gets weird. She's got the uh, she's got the eggs inside a warm spring, um, and where she's having a bath with them. She's just chilling out. She's relaxing, which is you know understandable. Uh, but Mando says, you know, I can't protect you here. We need to uh, we need to move. We need to go. Let's go. Let's go. So he starts picking up all of the uh, eggs and putting them back into the bucket, um, into the backpack. And as he's doing this, the little baby Yoda. Uh, heads over to what looks like these little eggs. They're like uh, pod kind of things that are on the floor. These little grey pods. Uh, little oval pod things. And uh, we're, we're sitting there with it. 
kind of um and he sta- he starts pulling one of them open they they look quite soft and he starts pulling one of them open it looks like web almost and he pulls one out and he just eats it and it's a spider looking creature it's a little spider looking kind of creature he just crunches on one it's all slimy anyway as he's sitting there they all start moving and rattling like a horror movie like something out of Harry Potter <laughs> yes it's reminding me of Aragog from now officially all of the big sci-fis have had um, at some point in their history, a moment with giant spiders. Now Star Wars can join the crew of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter to have a giant spider battle. Anyway, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to have a drink again. So we are, they're all moving. And um, little baby Yoda comes up. Telling Mando that What's going on? Mendo turns around and basically goes, Ah, shnikes. E chuta. <laughs> um, that's the only swear words we're allowed on this show. Uh, e chuta. E chuta. Um, so they, uh, rah, rah, rah. they start moving and then we have a giant spider attack and the big spiders come out and the little spiders and all size kind of spiders. And he finally gets the eggs up. The frog lady, she can, she can use her tongue and she grabs her clothes. She jumps out and we start running. And, pew, 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 and there's quite a long uh, scene with no dialogue almost at all um, of the two of them just running and running and running and running. All we can hear is the spiders. Um, I won't cover that too long because we all kind of know what happens. It's more of a visual thing. Um, but what I don't quite understand is he lets them into the ship. Um, and he's standing at the door shooting at them and he goes to burn them and he lets them into, he burns them in the cave. They're running. The frog lady does this real cool thing where she just starts hopping around on all fours. bit like a werewolf just leaping, bow, 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 up walls and that kind of, that's cool. That's cool. That happens out of nowhere. Um, and he lets them into the ship uh, through the crack in the hull. Um, where previously he burnt them in the cave, I was wondering why wouldn't he just stand at the ship and bottleneck them and just burn them? Um, but obviously there's so much open land. So he then runs into the ship. They follow him into the ship. He runs up into the cockpit. They follow him just before the previously before the cockpit up the ladder and he bottlenecks them just a little bit there, but obviously doesn't burn them because he'd probably destroy his ship. Except, and that's at least what I thought, except when he's trying to, apparently the ship's going to be okay because when he's in the cockpit, he's trying to seal them into the cockpit. The frog lady's in there, her eggs are in there, baby Yoda's in there, and they start coming through the door. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, Blast door. That's what it is. It's called a blast door. Into the cockpit, as we've seen before, uh, previously in the Razor Crest. And he's shooting, 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 shooting. And then he starts to... And then we we shoot, we cut to Baby Yoda, and he's got a spider, one of the little spiders on his head. And the lady, and, and pew, pew, something shoots. And the, the frog lady's got a gun. And Mando looks at her and goes, Okay, cool. I'm glad you have that because you just saved my, my child's life. 
Um, he kind of gives this baby quite a bit of freedom as well. He gives the child a little bit too much freedom. He doesn't keep his eye on him enough, but obviously, yeah, maybe he's just getting, maybe that's just showing that he's getting used to, um, used to being a parent or I'm just a paranoid parent, um, who pays too much attention to what my children do and, and watches them a little bit too much. I don't know. Uh, that's all up for debate. But that's besides the point. She saves the little baby. He's worried about the spiders who are coming into the door. She shoots him and then he gets out his, uh, his flamethrower and just starts burning them. And they're sitting in the cockpit for all of about a minute. Um, there's no music in this scene whatsoever as well, I believe. I'll have to ch- double check. I think when the spiders come out, there is. But when they're in the cockpit, there's not. It's all just sound effects. And he burns, burns them out and the door finally closes. They're locked in there and they're all crawling over top. And they're about ready to go and just fly off. He's like, we're just going to have to fly off. And the giant spider comes back. Now, keep in mind, earlier, previously, he actually um, threw uh, one of those little uh, timer, the small little disc timer um, detonators up at the giant spider and burnt it. And what looked like killed it. Um, It's now back um, and it's trying to crush the razor crest. It's piercing the razor crest and all of a sudden we start to hear the sound of you guessed it x-wing um x-wing guns um the sound of an x-wing gun and then all of a sudden just blasters and the giant spider just crashes to the on top of the razor crest and to the side of the razor crest and we just start to hear a a sound that sounds lighter than blasters Uh, the mando What's strange is they must have just run out of the cockpit because the Mando um, heads down, out of the Razor Crest after the X-Wings because the Mando heads down. Um, there's a bright light on the Razor Crest and the Mando heads down quietly. Here I am going, oh, it's Boba Fett, it's Boba Fett. Obviously, it's not. And we've already established who it is. It's the two pilots. It's Mr. It's Mr. Kim and Dave Filoni. And um, we've established the pilot's um, are there, and the pilots are just shooting at, um, we find out that the pilots are just shooting at um, these spiders, and they've obviously used the X-Wing gun to destroy the giant spider and the slightly larger spiders, and now they're using uh, just their blasters, and they're just shooting at them. Uh, the Mando comes out, he's covered in spider's web, there, there's dead spiders all through, the, all through the Razor Crest, and there's spider web everywhere. Um, he then has a discussion with uh, Mr. Kim, the X-wing pilot. We don't we don't hear any lines from Dave Filoni, um, which is kind of cool. I like that Dave Filoni didn't say anything. It's a bit of a, a silent Bob kind of situation. And uh, Mr. Kim's character begins to tell us that um, you know we looked through the security footage. We discovered you were in fact there, but we also discovered that you. Um, you saved. You you made some serious attempts at saving Commander Davin's life. Um, you also, we also saw on the security footage that you um, gave us three uh, three prisoners who were on the most wanted list. Um, three and uh, had a bounty over their head, and instead of taking them as bounty, you left them with us. And Mando continues to say, so am I under arrest? They say, technically you should be, but we um, we don't want you to. We're, 
we're going to leave you and it's trying times, he says. So um, we, we want to leave you. He then says, well, how about we trade those three bounties and you two come down and help us protect the hull? Um, and he goes, well, how about we uh, don't arrest you and leave you to it? In, in some, And I'm paraphrasing. I'm probably not getting the lines exactly right and we can come back. Um, and that's up to you to ha- go back and, and have a watch and I'm going to go back and have a watch. Um, it was in fact quite late when I was watching it. However... I'm very excited to watch it again. And we're just here to kind of do a recap and an after show. Um, and then they leave him be. And he heads on in, heads on back in. Um, they don't arrest him. He heads on back in. They said that he's got a... He was, he was wanted for an imperial asset or something like that. And I believe that they're talking about the child. And then he heads back in and he says, look, we got to go. Um, the hull's compromised, but we need to, we need to leave from here. So we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to, uh, use the, we're going to have to just stay all in the cockpit cockpit. It's going to be cramped, but it's the only place I can pressurize. So he gets out a welding gun. He pressurizes it. He fixes it up a little bit. Um, I can't, can't imagine it's, it's, it's wild because you've got to kind of imagine that in the galaxy far, far, far away, there is potentially, um, quite a bit of understanding you need to pressurize a spaceship hull, but that also makes me wonder whether that kind of thing is common knowledge and, and the human race and, and all of the species have kind of advanced to a point where, when, how we know to you know, a lot of us know how to change oil or a tire on the same kind of level. The general knowledge level is to pressurize a spaceship, um, which is in our kind of world, only really spaceship engineers know and so on in our, uh, in our dimension, our realm. However, um, we are, that's what he does. He pressurizes the hull and we head off the ice planet. Um, he says to the to the frog lady, um, "Use the petunia tree." I don't remember what he called. I can't actually remember what he calls the the toilet. Um, I will I will come back next week and do some uh, recaps if I must, and 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 find out what the toilet was called. <laughs> but basically, he says, "If you need to pee pee or poo poo, uh, do it now," <laughs> and uh, that is where the episode ends and we're headed off hopefully to find some more mandalorians i'm excited to see more mandalorians but that's been the after show ladies and gentlemen um i have really no more to share that's i i particularly enjoyed this episode it definitely felt like a bit of a filler episode um but it's it's getting us in the right direction and it um the last season going back and looking at it throughout the commentary um uh, that we did uh, the coming months before the release of this new season, uh, we were able to see that um, in the long run, as it happened last season, a lot of people were like, you know, that episode seemed unnecessary. This episode seemed unnecessary. Um, my partner did say um, that she thought this seemed a bit unnecessary, but in the long run, the story they're trying to tell, um, if season one is anything to go off, um, although they seem like once-off uh, character of the week, it seems like we've we've had two giant monsters. Um, if we have a third giant monster, it might get a little stale. 
but I trust um, I trust Filoni and Favreau and the team over there um, at the Mandalorian that they will not just fill us with monster of the week kind of stuff. Um, it's just coincidental that the two things they came across were conflicting uh, monsters and the first one was a crate dragon it was the first time we ever got to see a crate dragon in real in real life and alive outside of new hope and that skeleton in the background so that's pretty cool um and they also ate crate dragon meat and cooked it on on the jets of the razor crest so that was that was that was that was worth it to me um as a as a long lifelong star wars fan and a detail oriented star wars fan that was that was a really cool element um as far as this episode goes i'm sure this frog lady will have some importance especially because and i'm sure that his connection his relationship with the republic will um it's this second episode has proven that um, things that happened in the first season are now rolling over into this season as well. So although we didn't get the reclamation or a recall to that heist episode, this episode alone, we're only two episodes in, we've already had a recall. So things always come back around in this show, whether the next season or this season, it's worth it. Every episode is important. They only make eight episodes per season. I believe this same season is going to be the same. Uh, this season is going to be the same and there's a reason why they only make eight episodes. And when Favreau and Filoni only make eight episodes of something, they make it important. I now realize I understand that the Rafa and Chase stuff, I didn't I didn't agree with myself in um, season seven. It felt like four episodes of nonsense to me um, and Filoni did put that in there. But I believe that um, that story was important to him and Ahsoka, um, and and that's, um, you know, that's something I didn't agree with, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't important. Um, it still had Ahsoka in it. It still had some growing, some character growth in it that had happened as well. So, um, in the end, I am very happy with this episode, and I'm excited to see where we go next. I want to see some more Mandalorians. Um, I want to see more Boba Fett. I'm really hoping, and I've got my fingers crossed that it is Bo-Katan, but I can wait. We've got eight weeks. Um, I'm patient. I've been patient this long. Um, I can definitely wait to see where they're going uh, with Boba Fett, uh, Bo-Katan, Sabine Wren, Ahsoka, and so on. So um, let's, uh, let's be patient. Let's be kind. Be kind to one another. Um, take care of yourselves, uh, eat something, drink something, have a rest, have a wonderful day. Uh, thank you for choosing and listening and the privilege of your time um, and listening to Qui-Gon's happy hour and the Mando Mondays. Uh, I have been your host, Jordan. This has been uh, Qui-Gon's happy hour. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, never forget, may the force be with you. Always. Always.